Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with mine, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it like Here we go. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Church Information in Open Form. I'm Ike Steen. I'll be sitting in for Reverend Barnett this morning. He's taking a little time off. And you can uh, hear him tomorrow morning at Heavenly Joy Church on Facebook. 9.30 in the morning, Miriam Barnett Sr. And we're going to be sitting here discussing the issues this morning. First of all, good morning and thank everyone for tuning in. And I have two distinguished guests, which are not really guests, they're just co-hosts. I have uh, Dallas City Councilwoman Carolyn Arnold, Carolyn King Arnold, Arnold and uh Dallas School Board Trustee Miss Joyce Foreman. Good morning, ladies. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning. We got a variety of topics we want to talk about today. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. You, I know a lot of people are upset about their property taxes, and uh, you ought to be upset. And uh, we got uh, a lot of things going on. And uh, I seen uh, well, a lady uh, made a comment on social media about these bond packages and how we tried to warn people ahead of time, be careful with these bond packages because they're going to reflect your taxes. You know, they they tell you, well, your taxes is not going up. But then they reappraise your property taxes and your taxes do go up. So a uh, lot to talk about. We in a, a runoff election. Uh, early voting started Monday, if I'm not. Have early voting started yet? So, not the runoff not election. Not the runoff. I'm talking about the, for the regular election with these propositions and different things. Yeah, right. It did start. Uh, everybody started Monday. Right, because the uh, the, the runoff, I think, is, is it made it 24 for the 28th or something. No, the runoff is 24. I think it's 24th. Mm-hmm. But, but one good thing about the Honorable George Foreman and Carolyn King Arnold this morning, we're not on that ballot. So we're kind of, <laughs> really kind of, almost not. Not that we're not really paying attention, but right now we're discussing right. the issues that, that come record oh, right, y'all right got around a, our horseshoe. Yeah, y'all got a barrage of issues coming at you. Uh, the but search we, for a new superintendent. Yes. Uh, Mr. Arnold, we, uh, we want to discuss uh, what's going on with the hospital over there at Hampton. Uh, what they want to make the on Hampton right there by Keith, where they're discussing uh, making a resource center for the homeless and uh it's not in your district, but I heard they're trying to put you in it. So uh, we got a lot of things going on uh, with our schools, with graduation coming up. Uh, I think Madison won state basketball, right. and it's congratulations to them. And we got a lot going on. And you can join this conversation this morning at 972-647-1893. We got Pierre. He'll be uh, answering the phones. He's good morning. Out. Good morning, Pierre. And I know you're going to get a lot of people named wrong and get us killed, but we're going to work with it. <laughs> we're going to work with it. We're gonna, and we're going to get that information. We're, we'll just have to look it up because we, we we're we a great team and, and we do work hard to make sure that everyone is informed. So we don't want anyone to think that we won't give them that information on the runoff because we still stress voting. Right. You know, that's, we, don't, we well, want to make sure that. But we're not on the ballot, thank God. Right. And it's not so much about the runoff this yeah. morning. We need to pay attention to the runoff, but... 
one thing else on the ballot that we're voting on now, and uh, that's a couple of propositions on there about your taxes that you need to pay attention to. And uh, another thing is, uh, haven't seen too much uh, media attention to the election, uh, the early voting, and and that's by design. Mm -hmm. That's why we want to bring bring it into focus. You know. Uh, no vote, no voice, and they feel like if they don't talk about voting, then you're not going to be concerned with it, and we'll just keep on moving in the direction we've be go been going, which here for the last 10 years has been backwards. We done lost a lot of things that we fought for during the civil rights movement. So, Miss Foreman, what's going on at DISD? Well, of course, there's several things going on, but I want to just touch on the the election that's taking place right now, uh, which the election day is May 7th, I believe. And uh, we do have a school board seat uh, that is up for election. Uh, the current trustee is Carla Garcia, and then she has uh, uh, Miss Camille White, who is running against her for that seat, and that covers parts of... Pleasant Grove, Box Springs, um, and Siegelville. So it's a real um, interesting race and it's interesting dynamics. And um, currently we are moving forward with uh, trying to uh, also identify um, individuals um, for the uh, superintendent. Uh, as you probably know, um, Superintendent Hinojosa did resign, and um, his last days with the district will be in December. Uh, I am um, uh, excited that we might have an opportunity to bring new blood, new ideas, new thoughts uh, into um, public education. Uh, as everybody probably knows, public education is under attack. But that's where most of our children are. And so we've got to make sure that um, this public education system works for all children, not any specific group, but all children. And I'm, I'm committed to that. Right. When you say public education is under attack, uh, a lot of people don't get that. They think that uh, our charter schools, they think that's really... Uh, is happening with public education, which charter schools are public schools. They get their money, they get their money from the same venue that public schools, ISDs, get their money. Correct. But they don't, they're not under the same rules. They have That's different correct. rules. Uh, so many of these charter schools are failing schools, and uh, they don't have to report that. Uh, uh, one of the most uh, impressive charter schools in Oak Cliff uh, it's only an alternative school, and people don't really realize that. No, the parents don't realize that they really need to, uh, just as they scrutinize the um, the regular ISDs or the public schools, they need to scrutinize charter schools. Uh, charter schools do not elect their um, their governing body. It's an appointed body, and it, they're ran by nonprofits. Right. So when they say they're not for profit. Um, nonprofits say they're not for profit either, but we know what happens they in, money. in many cases with nonprofits. The alternative schools do not meet the same academic standards uh, as your ISDs. All right. I, I'm, I'm going to take this caller because I'm not going to let the lines fill up. Who do we have here? Uh, we have uh, Jane on uh, line one. Jane? Yeah, Jane. Yeah. Okay. Good morning, Jane. 
Good morning, Jane. Hello. I'm Good morning. Good morning. I have a question. I wonder if one of the city council, Ms. Arnold, could tell us about the propositions that we're voting on. I think early voting started on Tuesday. And the only reason I knew about it, my homeowners association president informed me about it. So it's a lot of people don't know what those two propositions are. It's two of them. Can right. someone expound on those, please? Uh, yes, we're going to talk about those. Ma'am, I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, I'm hoping that someone that uh, has more information about it call in this morning. Uh, they might call in on the second hour because we're mm -hmm. trying to uh, get one of the state representatives to call and explain it to the public. So uh, Ms. Arnold is on the city council and uh, she can try to explain it and she might can, but uh, I'd rather for you to hear it from the I don't want to use the horse's mouth and get in trouble, but uh, <laughs> I will. So, but uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that this morning and uh, we do have somebody lined up that's out of Austin. Uh, and they're going to try to help us understand these propositions. And, uh, and we thank you for your call, ma'am, because what we want to do is bring proper and correct information to the public. So thank you for your call. And uh, is there anything else before we go? No, that's what I'd like to have explained about those two propositions that we're voting on there. Because so many of us didn't know anything about it and hadn't been talked about. Right, and I had to... I've been informed, rather. Right. I haven't either. I had to Google it and ask people. I had to even get with Miss Foreman and see because she find some information on it. The news is not talking about it. Uh, so we got a, uh, one of the uh, state representatives supposed to call in the second hour, and uh, I hope she does, and uh, we can discuss that with her, and uh, I hope that'll inform you better because I, I don't know enough about it to even try to expound on it but uh and you can and while we are waiting for the second hour you can call your homeowners association and tell them to put it on a, a 89.3 K-N-O-N and we're going to try to inform and encourage and we thank you for your call ma'am okay thank you for taking the call yeah, you're my very welcome but anyway I got Yvonne Davis's stuff okay she's going to call alright uh, she's calling yeah, yeah we got somebody else uh, yeah, we have uh, Joe on uh, line one. Uh, good morning, Joe. Good morning, and and good morning to our esteemed leaders that you have today. And uh, thank God for all three of you. Uh, this you. question is to uh, Trustee Farman. Uh, we know that we've got the new H.S. Thompson going up, and it looks like it's going to be a a real nice facility, but the room is going around and once it opens, J.J. Rose is going to be closed and those kids will probably be bused there. Can you expound on that? And I'll uh, uh, get off there and listen. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you for asking that question. That, that has been a huge uh, debate. Uh, if you uh, followed me at all, you know I'm against closing. Uh, schools. Um, it was decided, I'm not the trustee for that district and I did not vote for it, but they combined H.S. Thompson and J.J. Uh, Rhodes. And when they combined the two schools, they then uh, turned H.S. Thompson into a pre-K center. 
uh, I was totally against that, and, and I remain against that because uh, neighborhood schools should be our priority. And just because we build a new school in one area, we should not be closing schools. But we have the same thing happening uh, in Oak Cliff where a school is going to be closed, Elijah M. Peace. And it will be combined with W.W. Bushman. Um, that is a slick way to close our neighborhood schools and to um, force our children to have to go outside of their neighborhood um, for schools. And it's specifically um, discouraging when you have elementary uh, school children who are finding themselves in that situation. So you are correct. They will be closing it and uh, turning it into a pre-K center. You know, here, I can't hear. So I just, I just, I uh, caution you to stay focused on what's going on and also uh, ask that you uh, make sure that you are in contact with the trustees for those districts um, because they do have uh, quite a bit of say in regards to what happens uh, in their specific trustee district. Um, I am uh, fighting against closing any uh, schools in District 6 and would rather repurpose them in a different, uh, different manner. Um, for instance, with Mark Twain, what I ended up doing was um, the district was trying to close Mark Twain. And so I turned it into a magnet school uh, to be able to keep kids in that area, uh, in the specific um, uh, schools. So you have to be creative and innovative to make sure that you don't um, close any neighborhood schools. And I'm totally against that. Are you there? Hello? I he guess said, I called. Yeah, he said he would hang up. He, was, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, he, he just hung up the phone. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, Ms. Honor, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad the caller called in to, to bring that because we fought against closing schools and uh, like you said, it's not in your district. And uh, so many times uh, people get confused on what's really going on because the information ain't out there and they'll make you think everybody is on board uh, I was in a, a, a superintendent uh, town hall with uh, Dr. Hinojosa, they, they called him, and uh, he was bragging about some of the accomplishments that uh, he have done in Oak Cliff. Well, some of those accomplishments we didn't want. And uh, uh, I remember hearing him saying, uh, doing the bond package, uh, the bond package, the $3 billion bond package, they didn't get everything they wanted because the bond was broken down. And some of the stuff we fought against, we won. And he made a statement saying that he will find a way to get those items accomplished. And I thought if the public voted against it, why would you try to circumvent the vote and accomplish it anyway. And people don't catch on to this kind of stuff. So many things that you vote against, uh, they'll still find a way to circle. We voted against uh, building a new Thomas Jefferson, and we were going to renovate it as we did South Oak Cliff, as we did Kimball and, uh, and Carter. 
But they say, no, North Dallas say, no, we want a new school. And so the superintendent and some other people come together, and they say, we're going to find a way to get it done. But you couldn't find a way to do it for Carter. You didn't find a way to do it for South Oak Cliff. They had to fight uh, protest and everything to get a new front on South Oak Cliff and a new back on South Oak Cliff. So y'all have to be very uh, attentive and listen to what people are telling you because sometime on the ballot, yes mean no and no mean yes. So I'm glad the caller called in earlier to ask about the propositions because we getting hammered and we up against a short break and we'll be right back. And you can call us 972-647-1893. All right, we're back on Church Information in Open Form. I'm Ike Steen, your host, and I have a uh, school board trustee, Ms. Joyce Foreman, and city council lady, uh, Ms. Carlin Arnold, with me this morning. And you can call us at 972-647-1893, and we're talking about the issues no, we know we got a lot going on in Washington. We got a lot going on in Ukraine. But if you keep your eye on Washington and on Ukraine, then I believe we're going to be drained out of a lot of resources because we are in election season and nobody's really talking about it. Uh, got so much going on. Uh, Mr. Arnold is trying to find out when is the last uh, day that you can protest your uh, the re- your property taxes and uh, don't don't think that when you protest it they're gonna take it all the way down because normally uh, they just take it down an inch but mm-hmm. they take it up a foot <laughs> so you know and we got to understand this the old saying that they had back in my day is uh, ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure so we always uh, trying to play catch up. And now my thing with the with all this tax hike and everybody's jumping in, uh, 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 County Judge Clay Jenkins and I think the city council got some things going on and they got some things going on in Austin to try to curve this tax hike. Uh, my question is why they didn't curve it before it come out the gate? I mean, they know uh, uh, property tax is going to go up because of all the houses they're building and the shortage on lumber and on labor. So they know it was going up. And, Ms. Arnold, you used to be on the, the appraisal board's uh, protest. Can you kind of tell people how to? I'm not Ms. Arnold, Ms. Arnold, Ms. The uh, Honorable Joyce Foreman. The Honorable. I got the Bobsy twins in here. Y'all don't know who they are. I'm going moment. Yeah. So could you kind of fill us in on that a little bit there, Ms. Foreman? Sure, absolutely. First and foremost, I think it's important for people to understand you have a right uh, to uh, protest your property values. And remember, uh, the state of Texas doesn't have income tax. And so, so... They are using property taxes along with the city of Dallas, uh, along with Dallas ISD and all of your other taxing entities. Right. They're using the property taxes to sustain their budgets. And so they're going to say, we don't need to bring the taxes down. But what I clearly say to people is, if the people are tightening their belt to pay more taxes, then the uh, governmental entities need to tighten their belt. 
and all of the things that that look good like a shiny new penny might not be what we need right, right now right. and so you need to figure it out but on the appraisal review board um one of the things that uh, I noticed uh, then, and it's been about um, eight to ten years since I've been on the board, but at the time I was on the board, the the property wasn't value wasn't assessed uh, every year. Property values are being assessed every year now, so that means your property taxes are going up. Well, your property value is going, going up, up mm-hmm. uh, every year, and so. Um, Many people in areas that are affluent uh, protest their property taxes. Right. And we haven't learned how to, to do that yet and how to work that system. But I think it's important for you to protest your taxes, look at the value of the houses around you mm-hmm. in your neighborhood because they use a cluster uh, to determine what your property taxes are. Like they won't use all of Oak Cliff to make a determination. They'll use that cluster around you. And they'll build that cluster to do that too. Right, yeah. right. And so like like uh, if you're in the Glen Oaks area or the Wynwood Hills area, they don't use those areas to assess the South Oak Cliff area. So they're, right. they're, they're by clusters, but at the same time, if you're appraising the value every year, it's right. gone, probably going to go up. And right. I think it's prudent for people to keep in their mind that you can protest your property taxes every year. Right. And while you can't necessarily bring the value of the property down, you can bring down how much they can actually tax you on. Right. And so... Um, People need to be aware of that. They need to take advantage of that, and they need to use that as a leverage uh, to be able to keep from paying as much taxes. The thing that I'm most concerned about would be our senior citizens right. uh, who are no longer working. They're on a fixed income, and if we raise the value of their taxes and they can't pay their taxes, of course, what happens? They're on a broke income. (laughs) Ain't no fixed, it's broke. (laughs) (laughs) And so so they get in trouble uh, with losing their homes. And so we have to be very, very careful and very diligent in what we do. And part of what we need to do is make a practice of looking at our property taxes right. on a yearly basis. Right, right, right. And I want to just chime in on that. It first starts off with opening the envelope and reading through the entire package because you you made some good points. Uh, and, and I've received some concerns about the property taxes. So I just want to make sure everyone knows when you open that envelope, you will look at all of the taxing jurisdictions that impact you. And so you have, uh, of course, the school, the school district, which is the most taxes. Right. Then you have college district, you have the Parkland, the hospital district. Mm-hmm. And these are the jurisdictions that get to tax you. So as from a city standpoint, we go back and forth and we, there's a conversation every year about reducing the tax rate. And so what we have to, to be conscious of, number one, read your envelope. Number two, make sure you understand the deadlines. I believe May 16th closes the window. But even if you end up not protesting, it's safer to go ahead and fill out the form now 
to protest. Mm -hmm. It gives you a chance to now start looking around, as, as Trustee Foreman said, to look around you to see what's going on so you're in a better position to defend your argument uh, in terms of your property taxes. So th these are just some good points. But I want to also mention, uh, as Trustee Foreman stated, uh, there's always a, 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 a there's always I'm going to tell you that a cry to, to reduce our taxes and I, I do understand that but it changes the dynamics of the conversation changes when you have to make decisions about the d delivery of development and delivery of goods and, and our services in the city and so we realize that as we talk about the reduction of tax tax income which goes into our budget oftentimes the underserved communities get hit the hardest because when we start cutting back on services we're already in the back row and then if you cut on services it pushes us right. further back if that makes sense so we keep pushing to keep the tax rate pretty much uh where, where it is because we, we also saw this last year when we talked about just what it would do on an average on the city side we would only save maybe a dollar or something a year but what i need folks to understand you need to stay woke on it you need to stay involved in it you need to support uh your 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 own community by staying involved in protecting your your property and so i would like to make sure that we continue this conversation right when we cut taxes from a city side my position is we tend to hurt we tend to hurt our our underserved communities but communities because we really need it and as trustee foreman said those in the wealthy districts they will protest now they are going they are they, going to protest their taxes they do protest yeah. but councilwoman mm -hmm. Arna, i think um, i i do understand yeah. your argument yeah um, but at, at the same time <clears throat> we can't tax the people out of their correct right correct because we, we, we don't need we, the services we, we, you we won't need them you, you right. can't tax them out of their property and one of the things that I tell DISD and, and gets me in trouble all the time is you need to tighten your belt. Mm -hmm. Right. You need to learn how to tighten your belt. And some of the projects that we do are not necessary. necessary. That's correct. Right. When you when you start talking about putting a park over over a freeway, that's not a necessary project. Correct. But when you start talking about building affordable housing, that's a necessary right. project. We just found out that the city of Dallas is talking about more money into Fair Park. Uh, uh, using taxes to put more money in, but we just did a contract with the company that's supposed to be doing a lot of stuff with Fair Park. That, that's not right. doing and, it. And they were supposed to raise money. So, okay, okay. just like with DISD, do we need to build a whole bunch of new schools? Maybe not. Right. Maybe we need to redo some of the schools that we have, as, as uh, uh, Mr. Steen was saying. So, we have to find a way to tighten our belt and because there's not a state income tax. Correct. Right. So we don't have that extra pot of money. So everything goes to property taxes. But your poorer people suffer the most. Right. And so that's why we have to be really careful. And I think as council people, I think council people are going to have to, I know they have a lot of pet projects Correct. in their Correct. area. Right. But right. those maybe those are not, this is not the time for some of those projects. Right. Some of those. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We got, we'll come back after I'm this. I'm going to get, I I get about to my lines. But let me say this right quick. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get to the phone lines, yeah. but uh, let me say this. Uh, uh, Mike Rollins used to be the mayor, mm -hmm. and A.C. Gonzalez mm -hmm. used to be the city manager. Mm -hmm. 
uh, the last big conversation we had about tax increase. And this is what we're talking about. We're not talking about reducing taxes. We're talking about the rate that they're right. being increased. Uh, we're not trying to tell you, let's go low. We're saying you're going too high. But Mike Rollins and A.C. Gonzalez had it built in every year that their taxes was automatically uh, protested, and they stayed in million-dollar houses. So that's what Mr. Arnold, Ms. Foreman, trying to tell us. We got to learn how to play the game. Right. So uh, who do we have on the line? I don't want to hold them up. Yeah, we have uh, Tony on uh, line four. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. I was going to call this morning, but y'all got on Texas. And <laughs> <laughs> DeSoto. Oh, let me say this before you get started. Uh, yes. I think y'all got a problem. You can correct me. It's been told to me that DeSoto taxes, the bulk of them is on the homeowners because they done gave away so much tax incentive to all these big companies that's building out there. So you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Well, for the information I know, and it don't mean it's correct, but I know, is if the city has maintained a low tax rate, the problem with most people is they never look at the other people who tax, or the other tax entities, the county and the school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the thing is this, people will tell you that the city has raised taxes, but when people hear taxes, they don't think of individual entity tax group, uh, tax entities. Mm -hmm. They just assume it's one tax. And so that's the problem. Now the thing is this, the same people who complain to the city about their taxes won't go to the school board and say, hey, right. because the school board is compulsory, I deserve better outcomes from the students if I'm going to pay the high taxes. Mm -hmm. these, these same people are not going to go down to the county commissioner, which I want to price, who I vote for, and say, hey, these county taxes are too high. So, you know, because, you know, at the same time, we, we, we know these people, but at the same time, you know, you got to challenge them. Right. But one of the reasons why I called uh, was this. The state of Texas, which is run by Republicans right now for the past 25 years, have put, have, have don't want to realize this. And granted, and I'm going to go back to DeSoto in a few minutes because as much as people want to be and say DeSoto is a, this, this bright urban city, I mean, a, a suburban city, we're taxes just like everybody else. Is that they don't want to have a state tax, so they go around, they go around the system and and and, and go to the property. And these the same people who will say, okay, property tax is going too high, but say, hey, we're going to cap it, so that money goes down to the state, so so the school district or any other or the city can't get those the, 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 that money to go to what they need the projects to go to. And, and, that, and that goes back to what you said earlier about being educated about taxes. You know, uh, in DeSoto, we are tax sensitive. You know, whereas, like Highland Park, Highland Park, as much money they make, University Park, I wish the University Park, they both the same. They are, they're gonna fight taxes no matter what. And they have the money to pay taxes. The problem is that most People who are working every day don't have time to go through the the, the nuances of school taxes, uh, carry taxes, and city taxes. And at the end of the day, 
we have a, a system that has been bombarded, you know, especially with, we talk about affordable housing. It's a system that's gonna break. And the problem is when it breaks, it, 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 it don't make a difference if you got a lot of money or not. At the end of the day, people are not gonna move to a city where they cannot afford the housing. So, like I said, I wasn't gonna call, I was gonna sit back and listen to, 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 to y'all talk, but when I got on taxes, I want people to know that, you know, uh, you know, we need we need to figure out what kind of tax system we need, and then, I mean, I don't need it. We, we, we won't. And I also want to ask one last point. It is amazing that people want a lot of shiny things, but mm-hmm. don't want to pay for it. I'm a person that I don't mind paying high taxes for a good school. Right. That's just me. Everybody don't feel that way. But the same people who want shiny things don't want to pay for it. And I'm not talking about people who cannot afford to pay for it. I ain't talking about those people. I'm talking about people who make money, who make six figures, who cry about their taxes. These same people who want nice things in that neighborhood but don't want to pay for it. But soon you ask them, you want to pay taxes? No, I pay too much. Oh, then you don't want a shiny new building. Or you don't want a company, you don't want to give a tax abatement or a tip to a company that's going to put jobs in your community which is going to lower by minimum, you know, your taxes because, you know, because see, the soda don't, don't really have a, 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 a industry or what you call it, a business community. So so the taxes go heavy on to the housing mm-hmm. more because it's dependent on the housing. And, and, and so at the end of the day, we got to educate people about taxes. And that's all. I'll listen off airplane then, as I say. Okay, and thank mm-hmm. you for that, Tony. Anybody want to comment on that? Well, I think you're absolutely right. Thank you. And going back to look at your tax bill is what you all, those who are listening, need to do this morning. Because as uh, the Honorable Trustee Foreman stated, you, if you live in Dallas, you'll see Dallas, the rate of taxation is higher than the, the city of Dallas. And so... What we have to do, number one, you have to support your trustees when they're, you know, when we're down here fighting, but uh, fighting for you, that's number one. Number two, I think the next thing I wanted to just make sure we talked about, just tapping in on what uh, Trustee Foreman stated. From, I'm going to speak from city council. We're going to, I see we're going to go for a break, but I do want to come back to speak on those eight votes and those shiny objects that gets us in trouble off the top. All right. Well, we'll be right back. You can join us, 972-647-1893. Stay on the line, and I'm going to get to you when we get back. Stay woke. Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back on church information in open form. I'm Ike Steen, your host. I have a school board trustee, Ms. Joyce Foreman, and city council, Ms. Carolyn Arnold, and Reverend Barnett will be back uh, next week. And uh, you can join him tomorrow at 9.30 on Facebook, uh, Heavenly Joy Church at 9.30 in the morning. And like I, as I promised, we're going to get to the phone calls, but uh, Mr. Arnold had eight things she want to yeah. talk about right quick. <laughs> but, well, real quick, let me just paint this whole picture because we, you know, they're, they're, D- Dallas is not a bad city to be in. Absolutely. I mean, so there are a lot of good things going on in this city. Same thing with DISD. Mm-hmm. And, and, there's, and those, those stories are often not told. But I will say from a city side, uh, 
Dallas is the place to be. I wouldn't be here if it was not. You know, if it was so bad, I wouldn't be here. And I'm I'm proud to be able to represent. But by the same token, just understanding number one, the bulk of our general fund comes from property taxes, and then we also get additional sources from sales taxes. So we need to build a city that we can sell, so folks will other folks will come in and spend money here, so that we can that money can be paired with what we're spending right. on a day to day basis and grow this city. But I did want to make sure we understand that, number one, read the information. Open the envelope up. God is not going to come and open it up for you. You know, we get to that point where we say God will come in and work all these miracles. He does not open your mail and he does not go in to pay your taxes. So that's our job to read and make decisions. The second thing I want to come in on, and we'll talk about that as the time progresses, is on the Brimer Bill that's putting money into Fair Park and the Convention Center because a vote is coming up to council. I mean, we just voted uh, to at least put the resolution forward. But people, we need to understand the dynamics of uh, folks when they say, well, it's not money that we're spending locally, but the money is still coming from the state and we're still through sales tax, especially generating funds mm -hmm. to the state. And so as we talk about economic development, I want to make sure folks understand that, that we are pushing to make sure we get equity in the southern sector, not just South Dallas. Because if you listen, we'll talk about the development for the convention center and Fair Park and in the Cedars area. And but we can't let the job and economic development that will be stimulated from that the, from this investment stop there. It has to flow into the core, and that's much of what I, right. the trustee, uh, former representative, and I do too. Right. Let me go through my lines. Right. I don't want to hold them too long. Uh, right. Who do we have next, Pierre? Uh, we have uh, Eric Jacobs on the line three. Eric Jacobs. Eric Jacobs. Uh, good morning, Mr. Jacobs. Uh, how you doing? Uh, uh, how you doing, uh, sister? Uh, Then I have a brother, he worked with my mother. What can I do for my baby sister that'll be coming out of school and two years graduating? And I'm, I live in a disabled group home, but I'm a boxer. What can I do? I'm not saying that's gonna happen to my mom, but my mom is 85 years old. And, uh, and I'm kind of worried about what can I do to help them out when she get out of school in the next couple of years and she got two houses paid for. What can I do? Because I don't want to think about having big taxes or none of that stuff. And my other sister, she got two houses. Uh, not two houses, but a two-story house. She had a daycare in her house. And her daughter. They, they do this. And I'm wondering, what can I do as a fighter and to, you know, to help them out? Like I said, my mom got two houses. They both paid for it. Uh, and I, I don't know nothing about no taxes or none of that stuff. But we do have... A lawyer in the family, which is my cousin, and then I have another cousin. He used to be a lawyer. His name is Eric Johnson. He's the mayor of Texas, of Dallas. It's hard for me. To, I can't talk. I don't have. I just know boxing. That's all I know about. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your call, Eric. Right. What you can do is uh, consult with your lawyer cousin and ask him yeah. for some strategies 
on when your uh, niece graduate, well, she can already, y'all can already start working on her college fund and education and you no know, wait till the time come, you know, uh, start working your strategy to make your plan work. So, uh, and I think that'll help and consult with him because that's family. And sometimes when uh, I try to give advice into families, I don't understand all the dynamics right. of what's going on yeah. and you stepping on people's toes. So uh, check with I'm your family. family. Right. And you should be worried about your worried. family. And your family should yeah. be worried about you. And we thank you for your call. And uh, all right. And continue to listen. <laughs> All right, who we have next, Pierre? So we have uh, Evan on uh, line four. Evan. Oh, Evan? Yes. Oh, Lord. Evan Davis, probably. Oh, Evan. Uh, good morning. How you doing? Yeah, this is Reverend Davis. This good is morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry to messing up your name, but uh, I'm glad you called because we got a hot topic about these propositions and these taxes. And uh, I'm going to let you... Uh, you know, give us a breakdown for people can understand what's going on. And again, thank you for calling and being a part of this show and sharing great information. Well, hold on. Let me say this so that you get this straight now. Representative Yvonne Davis always sends out updates on the constitutional amendments, and she always keeps us in the loop. So I needed to make sure, you know, it's another strong woman. We have to we have to work hard on uh, working together. Okay, okay, Miss Representative Davis, you always keep us in the loop. I just couldn't thank find you, Miss. Thank you, Miss uh, uh, Davis. Me and Miss Arnold are not going to arm wrestle about the women and the men this morning. Cause right now, everybody, the, the women taxes didn't go up and the men didn't stay down. So thank you, Miss, and thank you for being uh, accessible. And uh, go ahead on, ma'am. I appreciate that, Councilwoman. You know, sometimes people forget that our work never stops. Right. But anyway, I'm happy to be here to talk about Prop 1 and 2 because I think this is one of those rare occasions where people will really benefit from the propositions. Right. I did send out a, a notice on it because I think people need to understand that Prop 1 will um, provide tax relief for property owners. Although it's worded a little confusing, basically the passage will provide uh, tax relief for homeowners who are disabled over 65 in their school district's property tax bill. So, you know, we're trying to lower, we, we worry right now about people getting taxed at a level that pushes them out of their homes because they cannot make those tax payments. Right. Mm -hmm. But Prop 1, actually is a way to, to lower, it's a, it's a constitution to, to reduce um, the tax. And Prop 2 is that another provision that increases the amount of exemption, right? And everybody gets a homestead exemption um, for 25,000. Well, we push it for public school purposes from 25,000 up to 40,000. So that means you get a uh, higher amount of uh, of exemption instead of the twenty five thousand, you can exempt forty thousand, which lowers your tax rate as well. So the goal here is, is to look at ways that we can creatively lower tax rates so people can stay in their homes. And that's why I advocated that we vote for both of these uh, propositions because. The net effect will it will reduce the taxes that people will have to pay. Okay, can I can I ask a question, Mr. Davis? 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Uh, on that exemption, uh, so many times, I think you had to file that at the first of the year, right, in January? Right. So, uh, is that gonna, it's not going to help with what we're up against now, but next year you have to file in January to receive these uh, benefits, right? Right. Well, your tax year for 2022 won't be until next year. So this will be for an exemption that would apply for your 2022 tax year. Right. Right. And what you recall, our taxes come after, you know, it's not in front of. Right, that's what I'm saying. My, I, I can file for these exemptions if we vote for it and it pass, but it won't. Uh, I have to wait till next year, January next year. Next year. to get with the appraisal district to fill out the application for these exemptions. Okay, that's correct. Right, right. So I don't want people to get confused and say, uh, "Well, they passed it, because but my taxes still." Let, let, me, let me just mention this: the reason that it, it comes after currently it's not law, so we can't. The appraisal right. district cannot do it. Even right. when it passes, it's got to still be right. uh, pushed into law, and then they can do it. Okay, that's what I wanted for the public to understand, as I understand it. Right. Okay, that's continue correct. on. I'm not, excuse my interruption. No problem. The other thing I would just encourage everyone to realize that the constitutional and joint elections are really important, and so I hope people will really, because um, this is on a... Um, city ballot or a ballot that's not where people traditionally go vote. They traditionally vote in uh, partisan elections, uh, the, the primaries, and they vote in the general elections. This is going to be on this ballot May 7th, so people need to be paying close attention. Your local votes are as critical as any vote. All votes are critical, but I want to make sure people understand this is on the May ballot, so you don't want to wait to November or the runoff to look for this. This is happening right now. Right. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat for a minute, if you don't mind. Uh, looking at the news this morning, it's talking about these uh, paper tags. They have reached all the way to Washington D.C. The paper license place that's coming out of uh, Texas. Uh, are we on top of that? We are. In fact, we had a hearing on Tuesday of this week talking about how do we manage that so that we don't have so many people that exploit it. Right. So, yes, we are already looking at ways to protect citizens from that. Right. As well as protect the interests of the state so that people, everyone's paying their fair share. Okay. All That's right. the investment we got to all make is... We have to decide what kind of society we want to live in, mm -hmm. and then we go about those things that make laws to address those interests that we have. And so it is our responsibility as citizens to define the priorities, and our, our laws ought to be the values of our state. And so when the state's laws or rules and guidelines are not reflective of your con your interest and that's when you need to get aggressively involved in making sure you take your friends to the polls and 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 vote for those things that we want to have to protect on a kind of a city we live in okay right, right. well thank you miss davis and uh before you go can you give us uh the, your office address and contact information for the people that would love love to uh call your office or get a uh, representation from you I'm happy to do that. So let me just say, first of all, I have 
Uh, I represent District 111. My office is at 5787 Southampton, which is the building right across from Luby's and next door to the, the post office and Suite 445. Four, four, yeah, 445. We um, have been there some 20 years, 18, 20 years. We have open door policy. Of course, during COVID, we had to uh, prevent some of the visits that we would normally have because of COVID, but our phones and our emails and our offices are open to anyone who'd like to, to come by or call. The number is 214-941-3895. And, you know, feel free to drop in a call or email. We believe that the best government is representative government. So if you're talking to me and I know what your priorities are, I'm supposed to reflect those priorities in, in my efforts. And so I just encourage people to feel free to always call us. All right, and I'm gonna let uh, these ladies uh, greet you farewell because they give it they mean muggy me. Yes, yes, so. yes, we are. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Uh, Representative Davis, uh, as always, thank you for responding to to my call. And, sure. and actually, um, you represent all three of us, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and have represented all three of us uh, for many years. Uh, and we do applaud your service and, and want to be clear that you are a strong woman mm -hmm. working in Austin, trying to get things accomplished. And, and when uh, uh, Mr. Steen and I were talking about trying to get someone to um, uh, go over the constitutional amendments, of course, your name came to the top. Right. Uh, and, and you did respond to that. And I appreciate you now as I've always appreciated your work. Thank you. And, and you know, I want to say to you, to, to both of you, that the collaboration and the, organ, the organized way that we work together has been successful for the community in my judgment. And I appreciate the way that you all reach out and ask. And I call y'all and say, I need testimony. Right. Trust yep. me for my company. Yep. All of that works. And I really appreciate having that working relationship because I think at the end of the day, there's no question we all care about and love our community and want it to be as strong as possible. So I'm just happy to be able to play a part with you. Thank you. My other elected officials and yourselves because I know how hard it is and how difficult it is and how uh, sometimes people misunderstand uh, all of the things, the complexities of, of uh, what we're faced with. So I'm just pleased we can have um, open and, and sisterly and loving and respectful working relationship because uh, it's gonna take us all working together to make this community strong. So I, I just want to say I applaud you and your leadership. And before Ms. Foreman was on the um, school board, Ms. Foreman was working in a community. She's one of those folks that I've known forever. And councilwoman, yeah, uh, right. I have forgotten. <laughs> when you were over town, you were still trying to push the envelope before yeah. you got elected. So right. I just, you know, I just want to say that I don't know if people, the community realizes the tremendous sacrifice that people make to to offer the the work effort necessary to make to make the community stronger. So I applaud you and what you do and how you do it. And I'm just so happy I can have a working relationship with you. Well, we appreciate it. I'll be real quick because um, 
I know there are others who are trying to get in, and, and it's going to be good. Maybe at one point, maybe a, a pastor could have, a Reverend Barnett could have a show really on the nature of what a state representatives actually do, because right. re- <laughs> folks really think that you all are up here making the $200,000 that the president is making and all these <laughs> other things. And, and then, you know, and then they, then they find out what's really going on. But, but it is a pleasure for me, just where I sit now, to take you back a little bit further than Ivana, you will tell you Magnus Center, because I met you through the work of the Honorable Catherine, Catherine Gilliam. <laughs> and we were part of that political congress of African-American women who strongly right. supported you. Uh, and I keep, I'll do you like a new trustee foreman. I swear she's been on the school board 30 years. And she said, no, I haven't. <laughs> but I know it's been a long time. And I thought, surely you've been there. Oh, I know you've been there almost two two decades. But, but we appreciate your work and just letting the public know this grassroots was a part because we believed in your work and uh, we worked together and it's going to take us as you said continue to work together so thank you for everything that you continue to do and may God bless you uh, and your staff and the work you're doing for the state of Texas thank you very much and thank you and thank you for your service alright alright that was a great conversation with uh, uh, Miss Yvonne Davis which is a state representative and she represents well and uh, I was we up against a break Oh, we, we have him as our caller, yeah. I don't want to bring another caller. Yeah, yeah, time yeah. We got for but uh, for after the break, yeah. Right, I'll bring him on after the break. Uh, one thing, I, they talking about Townsview and all the fighting. I don't want to bring this up, but I will. We had to fight to keep Townsview, Townsview. And a lot of people might not understand what I'm saying. There was some talk about splitting Townsview up and dividing it to other different uh, school board trustees that ain't did nothing for uh, town view, but they wanted the credit, so we had to fight that fight. So uh, we up against a short break. If you're on the line, I promise I'll try to get to you. And you can join us, 972-647-1893. Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back on church information in open form. Uh, I'm Einstein, your host, sitting in for Reverend Barnett this morning. I have school board trustee uh, Miss Joyce Foreman and uh, city councilwoman Miss Carolyn King on them, and we're going straight to the phone lines because I told you we're gonna get to you as soon as we come off a break. So Pierre, who do we have? Uh, we have uh, Randy on uh, line three. Oh, Randy, Randy, Randy on line three. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, you guys. How y'all doing? Good morning. Hey, it's funny sometimes. Don't take this personal, but it's funny sometimes when politicians get together and start patting each other on the back. Uh, it goes for a little while. But you all deserve it very well. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you know the tax thing that we're talking about? Oh, about 10 years ago, the city of Garland... Uh, put about $250,000 in infrastructure for a Bass Pro Shop to come to Garland. And that's, I, 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 had to, I had to help them get their infrastructure in so they could make millions of dollars, and I've never been over there once. So the tax abatements that the cities give away, especially in this area, I can understand if you were out in El Paso or some other place that's not a major hub of transportation, but Dallas is a major hub of transportation through this area. So you guys need to quit giving away abatements to these rich com- companies that can afford to pay taxes, in my personal opinion. And I'm a person that did, in the past, file for, uh, go down there and argue my uh, tax assessment. And it was over 10 years ago. But each year, 
that amount that I got dropped on that year has multiplied. And the way that works is it's just like if you don't go protest. Each year it multiplies and gets higher. Well, I'm going to explain it a little bit so people know because going down there and saying, oh, I think my taxes are too high, I want it lower, that don't work. you got to come with estimates on the windows you got to replace. Any work that needs to be done, painting, floor work, you gotta you got to itemize everything. So when you go down there, you got about four pages that has it broke down it, it, to get estimates from people. New air conditioner, air conditioner's more than five or six years old. A, a new roof, all kinds of things that need to be fixed in your home that they're taxing you at a rate that someone else's house is at market value. It has all been updated and everything. I went down and protested it a little over 10 years ago, and, and I had enough work that needed to be done and totaled up to almost $30,000 worth of work. I went down there, I laid it down before the gentleman, showed him all that, and you know what? I got it dropped all of that 29000 Matter of fact, it was a couple of hundred dollars less than the year before. So you got to itemize so you know what you're talking about and they can't shuffle you around. So what I'm saying is, people, you do have the time, even if you are working two jobs, because the time you take to protest your tax, it will multiply in your favor every year. My house right now, from last year to this year, it, my property value went up almost 40%. My home structure that I did nothing on, nothing, zero, didn't even put paint on it, it doubled in, prop, in uh, market value, doubled. That's ridiculous. But because I went back and protested more than 10 years ago, they can only, they, my, my actual taxable rate with my homestead exemption is only 98000 but my market value on my house and property is 176000 You see the difference? It's tremendous. So take a day off of work. Do what you got to do, people. Get the estimates if you don't know how to put it together and go down there and lay it out, and they'll probably give you almost what you want. But if you come down there just complaining, saying my property taxes are too high and I don't think it's fair, right. you ain't going to get nothing. Right. And thank you, Randy. That's, a, that's good information, and uh, uh, we thank you, and you're kind of educating people on how to protest their taxes. So who do we have next, uh, Pierre? So we have Hayden on uh, line one. Who? Hayden. Hayden? Yes. Hayden. Hayden? Yes. Good morning, Hayden. Good morning. But uh, I couldn't, couldn't have said it any better uh, than uh, what the young man had just stated because I arbitrate taxes at the comptroller's level. And he said everything. But take your evidence. You got to have evidence right. in order to get your taxes reduced. Mm -hmm. He said... He couldn't said it any better. Uh, if you got foundation issues, take a picture of the crack, inside, outside. And one thing this too, just FYI, the city of Highland Park actually did tax reduction on being on a major street. Okay, one other thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm like to make things short. Out of all the property taxes that I have arbitrated, I've never done one for an African American. Right. Never. It's always been 
commercials, you know, uh, Holland Park, uh, everywhere all over Texas for the most part, but never have done one right. for the state of Texas. So when they cannot, this is the thing, when they cannot settle at the CAD level or the central appraisal district level, then you got to pay a fee. It can be $400 up to whatever amount that your property that your property has been assessed at. But if you win, you get the money back. And that could be the reason why I don't see any African. Right, I don't right. hear from any African American. But it's worth it. Right. It's really worth Do your homework like the, like the young man. Right. He said it all. Of course, I've been waiting about an hour to get in here. <laughs> but uh, but I am glad that oh, I'm thank I you wait for waiting, ma'am. Do your, do your homework. Get your pictures. Pictures will say a thousand, a thousand words. And so many times, I pass it on. I have people calling me all, all the time, please. But the thing is that, and I think Trustee uh, Foreman stated earlier, we African Americans don't even realize that we can protest the tax. We don't. We just get the little notice and my tax is going up and I'm going to put to the side and that kind of thing. But yeah, it is, you, you have that right. Even sometimes you may not even win. I've been down there for my brother, but he has 65, a veteran, on an impairment rating. So they're not going to keep reducing it, and I understand that. But, uh, but yeah, if you feel like, you know, if you can, do your homework. Like the man said, go down there, make your appointment, take some time out to do what you need to do to keep some money in your pocket. Right. Because those property taxes, the additional taxes that you're going to have to pay, you're going to be pulling from other sources that where that money can be going. Mm-hmm. Right, so man. it would be well worth your while. And I thank you for allowing me to speak. Right. Thank you, ma'am. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And let me say this right here. Uh, both of these last callers got some great information right. and instruction to teach you how to protest. But let me throw this in there. Get some information for somebody kind of know how it go because if you go down there showing too much and uh, you got too many issues, you mess around and get your house condemned. <laughs> <laughs> that food is right. Well, so so there, there there are two aspects of of your property tax. Right. It's the structure and the land. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, the the land is what's going up right. more so than the structure. Uh, but what I also wanted to say is is that um, you don't necessarily have to take off work and go. Right. Uh, you can do it online. And so I want people to understand if you don't have the time to go down there and go to the uh, arbitration that they have, uh, you can also do that online. Well, let me say this. I, I did it last year, I think, and uh, what happened was they didn't even want you down there. They'll give you a phone call at home on an appointment where they'll call mm-hmm. you, you at home in your own house, and they got an appointment set aside for you. So who do we have next? Because my lines are filling up. Uh, so we have a concerned citizen on uh, line three. All right. Good morning, concerned citizen. Good, good morning to you and the panel. Good morning. Uh, now we know just how property taxes and everything can work. And one thing that I'm dealing with, it works against a renter, too, because the landlord uh, will come in and raise your rent, which is happening, 
and leaving uh, people a place to stay and all of that and all they can say is, well, uh, you got to get a, a roommate or something because you got to raise the rent. And I'm, I'm just speaking on terms of how property taxes uh, really affects everyone. And we need to vote. And I'll let someone else in. Mm-hmm. All right. And thank you for that. And you're right. We need to vote. And uh, we got a lot of people talking. We got uh, had uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Davis on her, and she's state representative trying to explain to us about the importance of voting. And uh, who do we have next? Alexa on uh, line two. Alexis? Yes. Uh, good morning, Alexis. Hello? Hello? Listen, uh, sir, can you listen to your telephone? Because the radio is kind of, uh, it's kind of behind a little bit. We, for case say, I'll get to use some ugly language. But anyway, listen to your phone and, uh, go right ahead. Okay. You're breaking up. Hold on. All right, you can you hear me? Hello. She has an issue, an issue with uh, her phone, so okay, she, she, she will call back. I think. A call back, Alexa. Who we have next? Uh, we don't have anyone right now. All but right. You can call us. Yeah. You can call us back, and uh, oh, this property tax issue is a big deal. Uh, and we got a lot of stuff going on uh, with taxes, with schools, uh, everywhere. You know, we are, we got, as uh, Paul wrote in the Bible, we got trouble on every side. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you look, uh, I want to thank Miss Foreman because there's a uh, uh, state representative uh, Davis called in. Miss Foreman did that. She she recruited her to call in and help with this show and help get you the the right information. And uh, there's so much going on that we have to really try to stay focused. And uh, is he back? Yes, uh, maybe. Uh, let's try. Okay, let's try. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Okay. Uh, I, I was, I was on the phone, just hung up on two minutes ago. Right, right, yeah. Thank you for calling back. Okay. So what I want to know is, what, what age is that you don't have to pay uh, father's back? Well, the exemption uh, is uh, 65, but now let me say this. That doesn't mean you don't have to pay property taxes. Uh, you got a lot of noise in the background. You might need to turn your radio down a little bit. But uh, a lot of people get that confused. They think they at an age when they tax exempt. You get a tax exemption. Well, that was uh, Mr. Davis was trying to explain to you. They're trying to increase that exemption some more. I think in Dallas it was, what, 85000 at one time? So everything over 85000 that your property is valued at, you got to pay taxes on it. So it's not, say you live in a $200,000 house, you forget all about not paying any taxes because you're going to pay some taxes. So you got to understand these exemptions. And that's why the, the previous caller said that uh, our people are not educated on how to deal with these issues of protests and exemptions because we're not educating ourselves. So, uh, no, you're not gonna, 
uh, unless your house is a $50,000 house and you 65, you're not going to be totally tax exempt. Right. Because don't get that confused. Well, they're not going to be tax free. And I think I've heard, and this is one of the conversations with Attorney Malcolm, uh, you have folks who think that after they get a certain age, you don't pay any taxes at all, and it doesn't work, it doesn't that, work way. that way. Taxes and death are some, they're the two certainties that we have in life. And you must pay taxes. But it's all in, once again, opening the envelope, reading, filing. If you get confused, call your county commissioner. Ask them a question. If you you know if you get lost, he's your rep. In my case, is Commissioner John Lyle Price. In my case, but all of us have commissioners that we can call. It's understanding that these are different levels that can tax mm-hmm. uh, you, but the, most important, your age does not excuse you from paying taxes. But sometimes what happens, uh, Mr. Steen, is that as the elderly progress and that taxation, uh, you know, they still have to pay taxes, but I think the county, in some instances, right. is less likely to come in and try to take your property, but that's why another conversation with Mr. Uh, the, the attorney is important because right. whoever picks that house up through a will, they they're going to the end up paying them taxes. Right. So, and, and that's, right. no, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up because a lot of people got to understand. Some people, and especially when they can't pay their taxes, they'll go get their taxes froze where they ain't paying any taxes. And that's, that's, that's yes. deceiving because your taxes are frozen. Uh, you're thinking, well, I don't have to pay any taxes because they're frozen. But when you are gone, whoever inherited that property going to have to pay all those back taxes right. with whatever... Uh, 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 increases that was interest, came, right. interest and increases came along and that could uh, you thinking you're leaving your kids a pretty nice piece of property and you left them a headache if you're not careful right. and if they're under 65 you don't get the same benefits of the 65 years right. if you're 45 and in the property you're not going to get that tax right. I'm glad right. you mentioned that yeah. that'd be good to have uh, yeah. attorney Malcolm Robinson like they say explain some of this stuff to people because people think when they inherit their mama's or grandmother's house, they gonna keep them exemptions. And then they think, uh, then all of a sudden they get the sticker shop, and you know. So uh, who do we have next, Pierre? All right, so we have another caller. I don't have her name, but she's on the air. She's on the air right now. Okay, uh, good morning, how you doing? Good morning. Uh, yes, go right ahead. <clears throat> I want to talk about this uh, Elon South area. It's a black historic area. It's District 2. And they changed it to Preston Hollow, District 13. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay, well, is you it Elm Thicket? Me. Is it Elm Thicket or Deep Elm? Which Elm Thicket? Elm Thicket. Okay, Thicket. Right. Go right here. Yes, I want to know why they're, you know, getting rid of the historic place to redistrict it. Well, you're speaking about the, and, and understand this, I'm glad you brought that up on the redistricting. We're still going through the process of uh, redistricting. Uh, the commissioners are, I believe they've received some final notes, uh, final maps that they've got to make some decisions on about, by policy and by uh, policy and procedure. Council members at this time cannot engage in conversation with those commissioners. So we're, we're pretty much seeing the maps as you see them, but those maps will probably be changed again. But but I will say this, it's just 
very key and integral to every conversation we have. It goes back to community engagement. Okay. As for those people Ms. who are not involved, they excuse my interruption. You hold on. Hold that thought. We uh, we run over our break. Okay. And we're gonna keep on the line, Pierre, to get our question right. answered. And we're gonna go to a, a short break, and we'll be right back. Right back. Yeah. What's up? All right, we're back on Church Information in Open Forum. I'm Mike Steen, your host, and uh, uh, Reverend Barnett will be back next week. You can join him Sunday morning at 9.30, Heavenly Joy Church, on Miriam Barnett page, uh, Facebook page. Uh, and uh, Mr. Arnold, go right ahead. I'm sorry for the interruption. but No, no problem. Every 10 years, you know, we draw these maps. And so right now what you're seeing are just individuals who just took the initiative many times just to propose their idea of what our district should be redrawn to. So there's no finality to uh, the maps right now because it does, they do have to come to council and council has to take the steps afforded by law to support or modify the uh, maps. So, but what I want to applaud you for at least, you know, paying attention to the process. But once again, what happens in it many times in our communities when we reach out and ask for community engagement, it always comes after the fact. And so, whether it's the property taxes we're talking about or changing the name of schools or uh, or just building projects, we tend to get more after after the fact. So thank you so very much. And I didn't know if Trustee Foreman wanted to add something about the development that she know it as well too, uh, that's impacting that community and why you need Dr. to stay. Are you still on the line, ma'am? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Go ahead, Miss Foreman. <laughs> Say that again for me. I, I know doing that in different areas around the city too. Right. Right. Well, we, we just talked about um, uh, amongst ourselves that, that that is a process of gentrification uh, as we know it. I know Elm Thicket well. I had one of my best friends lived in Elm Thicket, Brenda Fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we see what's happening to our communities uh, throughout Dallas. You look at Hamilton Park, what's, what's happening to Hamilton Park. You look at the Love Field area, what's happening over there. Uh, and you can go back to South Dallas and how they tore down all the housing projects in South Dallas, Rose Terrace, Bonton, uh, East Dallas, Frazier Courts. It's a process of gentrification. The bottoms. Uh, mm-hmm. The bottoms. And then you, you I guess the, the, the key issue is representation is what you're talking about, and especially if they're talking about changing uh, council districts and how you have a relationship with the, the council person. But what I encourage you to do is just as you're doing. Uh, Stay focused, stay involved, ask the right questions, uh, and demand a response. I think that's the important thing. And vote. And vote. It's the main thing. And we thank you for your call, ma'am, and hope we answered your questions. And continue to listen, please. Uh, Who do we have next? And we have uh, George uh, on uh, line three. George. Yes. Good morning, George. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I got I got a question regarding taxes. My grandparents passed away. There's one executor to the property. The executor does not want to change the name to the property because she's giving them a, uh, a tax break on it. And I say, no, no, no. Those taxes are going to come back and bite all of us mm-hmm. in the long run. They're going to backdate it with penalties. 
you need to change the name of the property now so that we can pay the taxes current. But by her not changing the name on the property, it stays under the grandparents' names and they're getting the tax break. And who knows how long this could go on until she changes the name. And the city, sooner or later, they're going to get wind of this and they're going to penalize and collect the back taxes for all those exemptions years that you didn't pay the full amount. How, how do I go about changing the name to the property the sector doesn't want to? Well, you have to uh, contact an attorney, <laughs> sir. I, could, I don't want to give you any false information, but uh, every second Saturday on this show, they have attorney uh, Malcolm Robinson's, and he answers all those questions. Because if I attempt to answer those questions, y'all may not have your property next time next Saturday. <laughs> because you need an attorney. Right. But I will say yeah. this I think you're going down the right trail because you're telling her right. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people think because that you riding on grandma or their mama's uh, exemptions, they're going to ride right. it on in and uh, right. they're not really riding it in. So uh, we thank you for your call and we do have an attorney come on every second Saturday and he's Malcolm Robinson okay. and he gives out a lot of great advice. Let and, me say this too, okay. Mr. Mistain. If, if you have the, his phone number, could you announce it on the air so that we could all have it? Oh, while he's getting the number, let me just correct this. I'm not getting the Dallas number. County appraisal is is not the city. It's Dallas County appraisal that, that assesses those the, those collects all those values from the jurisdiction right. and issued the notices. So I wanted to make sure we got that clear. Miss Steen is correct about talking to an attorney, right. but I will say this on the city side. Where you get caught up is if you ever try to get some housing renovation and you have to start pro- producing right. proof of ownership, that's when you really get caught up. So I think you're right, Mr. Right, Steen. Right. He needs to get with that attorney. Right. And well, it sounds like it's some probate problems right. in there, but I don't I don't want to address them. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Do you have Malcolm's number, Miss? I'm trying to find I got my phone on off and we've been run out of two or three calls by the time it boot up. But he can Google it. He can Google it. Yeah, you will find it. Google. Yeah, Google it, Malcolm Robinson. Yeah, Google Malcolm. Wait a minute. minute. So so I have a... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have a a work phone number for Malcolm, attorney Malcolm Robinson. Okay, Malcolm Robinson. Thank you very much. You got a number. Wait a minute. You got a number. Oh, Oh, okay. Uh, 214... Nine nine four one four five four three. Okay, thank you very much. Uh-huh. Okay. And I know you're listening, Malcolm, and we're gonna charge you for that too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who do we have next? Uh, uh <laughs> nobody? Okay, uh thank you, Brian. You're welcome. Oh, you're very welcome. So uh, that's what I'm saying. Where's what we here for? to try to help solve problems, not create headaches. And uh, we've got a lot of things going on. Uh, they were talking about the tax abatements and your taxes going up. And that's been a, a hot topic this morning is taxes because uh, people need to educate themselves about taxes. What does taxes do? And because uh, Ms. Arnold was talking about certain city services that you got to be careful of, you know, because it's all tied to your taxes. And, uh, and I was talking earlier about these bond packages. And some of these bond packages, they do make your taxes go up. And uh, I would encourage anybody, 
and everybody. When a bond comes up, we need to start breaking that bond down and seeing what are we going to get out of it. See, we got this old mindset that we're going to vote for it and get what we can get out of it, and we don't get anything. Some of the bond packages already uh, passed back in 2017 uh, with the city. Okay, when a new city council come in, uh, they might shift that same money around and do something else with it, and you didn't get what you thought you were going to get. So you need to, uh, like Ms. Foreman, tell us about these school bond packages. Get it in writing what you're going to get. If you want a new South Oak Cliff, you're going to vote for a bond package. Get it in writing. Don't get it in writing that uh, uh, wait till we get it in, then we're going to get it because you don't get it. So uh, right. we've got a lot going on, uh, Ms. Right. Uh-huh. No, I was going to I have to reiterate some things and and part of you just you mentioned South Oak Cliff and and thank I appreciate Randy talking about the fact that we have to give our roses to those leaders who while they're still living and I'm going to keep doing that because much of what you saw with some of those schools Carter and even South Oak Cliff uh, comes as a result of work of trustees who had to turn up and you almost have to take your post toasters to get those muscles going on because the the community is not showing up. And then you have to start speaking in several different languages to get folks to understand equity is so important in our community. Right. And so I want to make sure we talk this, make this point real quick. C- Trustee Foreman talked about these shiny projects and, you know, the taxes. And, and I'm saying we need taxes to get services. But at the end of our conversation around the horseshoe, it takes eight votes to push initiatives. And so when you get eight votes to continue to support shiny objects, that kills us many times in our underserved communities right. when we're talking about basics. And the same thing, it takes eight, what did it, what's the five votes. Five. There are 15 on the city council. Nine and on, you're the, nine. on the trustee board. And, right. and, and so we end up short, then we end up short in terms of our advocacy for our communities. Right, because uh, like you say, city services, uh, some of our houses in Oak Cliff, we, some of us, we have some real nice neighborhoods with nice alleys. Okay, but what the city has done is to adjust to some of their equipment. Uh, they don't like coming down the alley to pick up your trash because they don't want the right kind of equipment, so they want to pick it up in the front of your house. So what that does is uh, let your alley deteriorate. And you're paying for city services. So, but in North Dallas, somebody drive through North Dallas and see how many trash pickups is in the front of the house. So we have to understand that when we got people representing us. Now, if you don't have an alley, you don't have a complaint. But when you got a nice alley, uh, or you got something back there. Now, I watch as people let trees and grass and brush just overtake the alley because the trash is not picked up back right. there. And like Miss Foreman, she fought to keep Mark Twain open at first. Then she had to fight to get new development in Mark Twain. But as we always say, some of our fight and our energy goes towards people that's supposed to be with us. Now she had to fight to keep them from making uh, Mark Twain out of a walking park because it's an elementary school. It's a school for the gifted and talent. 
It's not a school for you to walk your puppies through there and poop all over the yard. Right. And me and Miss Allen discussed that on the way to the station. Uh, Dallas have a pooper scooper ordinance that we seem to forget. So it's not fair for kids, elementary kids or any kids, to have dogs pooping on their playground right. because somebody decided they want to make it out of a walking park. So, well, Mr. Go ahead, and we got another call. Go ahead. Real quickly, one, one of the things we have to be um, really careful with is um, because something works in one neighborhood doesn't mean right. it works in right. another neighborhood. <coughs> and so what we do is we draw this big picture and then we want to just impose on all neighborhoods right. um, the same thing. If you look at uh, what was going on with Mark Twain, we have a, a walking trail less than a mile away. Mm-hmm. And a park, a, a park right. less than a mile away. And so... Uh, the imposition that we were going to put a, a walking trail on Mark Twain just did not make a lot right. of sense to me because the schools are there to educate children. Right. Right. It's not about trying to ensure that we have this open space. If you look at what the city has done is they want a, they want a walkable neighborhood. Right. Well, everybody don't want walkable neighborhood. At first it was bike trails and stuff. <laughs> right. right now it's walking parties. So it's just everything don't work in every everything. neighborhood. Right. And so you have to really take that into consideration. Right. And, right. It's like a one, and it's not a one size fit, all. fit all. And uh, Miss Honor has thought. Yeah. And Miss Honor was really right. good about working with me. Right. right. And another thing, I'm going to say this about Mark Twain. I'm going to go back to the phone. Uh, Mark Twain is in the neighborhood of Glen Oaks. It is the Glen Oaks capital of the voting place. That's where your voters go. And they wanted to shut that down, saying we don't need the school. Or were they saying, we don't need y'all voting? So who do we have next? Nobody. Keep on going. I was going to say this, though. Let me just add this. When we talk about adding, and I'm speaking on the city side, every time we add a trail, every time we add a, quote, project, that's public, we also real, don't realize we're penciling in public safety. Public. And that's another, here now you're asking for another layer of police and upkeep. And maintenance. And so as we talk about planning ahead, we have to face the reality in Dallas, yes, we're 500 short, and, 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 and that's as of early budget year 2021. You have attrition to deal with. Mm-hmm. Now, we have police officers who will be coming in through the academy, but you can't grow a police officer to the level of where they need to be, where we expect them to be. So these are young people coming out of the system. So when we talk about schools, we want our schools to be safe. We don't want folks roaming through at any time and school is going on. And then we forget sometimes that in those neighborhoods, we don't know where all of the sex offenders are because they're they're in this, they're yeah, in our they're, good neighborhoods. Right. And they're. so we have to remember before we just jump up and start. Oh, we want this and we want that. And you're absolutely correct, Honorable Trustee Foreman. One size does not fit all, and sometimes we get caught up in that. And that's what happens sometimes around the council. We start just going on with this one size fit all, and we have this formula for those poor and backward people. And you get eight votes and they're stuck with something that doesn't work in their community. Right, and we uh, have a problem with North Dallas, uh, especially people, you know, a lot of the, uh, on the school board and on the uh, 
on the city council, a lot of these people are attorneys and uh, they want to dictate to us what we need. Well, this is what y'all need. Well, we live over here and I think uh, we are very well informed on what we need. And what we need is sometimes got to fight against what you want us to have. Right. And a lot of times uh, they don't want you to have the best. They want you to have uh, dog parks, deck parks, but they don't want you to have retail and grocery stores. Grocery stores. <laughs> we got some of the worst grocery stores in Oak Cliff. You know, we tired of the family dollars, the general dollars and the uh, cost for less. And, you know, uh, is there a Boston market in Oak Cliff? Do we have those kind of uh, things that, you know, that we would like to have? And what else? Say, well, y'all don't have that because of uh, uh, theft or uh, uh, crime. But when you take away all the resources, when you close down the resource centers or recreation centers and the swimming pools and uh, everything that mentors to young people, they had that problem in Detroit. They shut down all the recreation centers, crime went up. Then they say, well, we can't put this business over there because of crimes. Well, if you put some jobs over here, some good jobs. I ain't talking about flipping hamburgers and, and uh, dumping hot chicken. I'm talking about some real jobs. Well, we also have to make sure that um, that the education system works for our children. Right. Uh, what we get too often is what our children are not, as opposed to who our children are. Right. Uh, and working with our children by showing them positive images about who and what they can be. Working with them to show them that through an educational process, they can move further in life. All of us who come through the era of public education, and we've all done relatively well with the uh, our avocations. Mm -hmm. um, you as a, uh, Mr. Steen, as a retired military and post office worker, you got councilwoman on, a retired teacher, and a great city council person. And of course, myself was a 30-year business owner. All right. All right. Oh, he's on the phone right now. Go so, ahead, so all I'm saying is, is that we can't continue to let people tell us who we are. Right. We've got cool. to continue to define ourselves Fight against those who try to pigeonhole us. Right. And make sure that we have a clear understanding of what could happen if there is true equity in right. our communities. Right. Right. We have a call. We got a break also. Oh, uh, yeah. Right after the break, we right. have Camille. Camille. Okay. All right. Yo, what's up? It's I'm going to kick it with mine, y'all know. Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. People of the world today are fading. All of us have our ups and downs. You better think about it or you won't be around. What we need is a little bit of love. Sent by one from heaven up above. Take a pity, it's simple and plain. This ain't no game, you know what I'm saying? What? Yep, yep. Here we go. Yo, mob, kick it for me one time. What is the world coming to? Seems like everyone is running from the truth. We just stand up and fight, walk into the light. 
Information in open form. I'm Mike Steen, your host, and I have two lovely ladies, a school board trustee, Miss Joyce Farmer, and uh, city councilwoman, Miss Carolyn Ong of District 4. And we're in our last segment, and uh, you're welcome to join us in 972-647-1893. And you can join uh, Reverend Barnett tomorrow on Heavenly Joy on Facebook at 9.30. And who do we have? And uh, we have uh, Camille on uh, line three. All right. Uh, good morning, Camille. Uh, good morning. Good morning to you and uh, your panelists. Good morning. I am just wanting to remind people that we do have voting going on right now. Early voting ends May 3rd. I am a candidate for DISC School Board Trustee District 4. But the most important thing is we also have propositions on the ballot that people need to be aware of. They're pertaining to our property taxes. They're stating that they're going to decrease our property taxes. And I just I just encourage you to uh, reach out to your representatives for any additional information you may need on that. But once again, um, this school board is, election is so important. I hope people are paying attention to what's going on. Um, the current superintendent is rumored um, to want to run for the mayor of our city. If he does this, he's going to definitely um, do a great deal of damage to our public school system. I'm particularly concerned about District 4 because this record-breaking uh, $3.2 billion bond that we approved in 2020 is... Um, not giving us the new schools that we're needing in Seagullville, Box Springs, or Pleasant Grove, nor is there resources renovating our campuses. We're going to be in a real fix if we don't get a grip on this. So I encourage you to get out and vote. We're going to be voting twice in May. Um, this election right now is very critical and very important. Um, the numbers are low, so call your neighbors and your friends and tell them about the propositions on the ballot and if they live in force tell them they definitely need to get out and the next voting is from the 16th to the 20th of may uh and election day for that is going to be the 24th that's from our may our march excuse me our march first runoff and i'm just encouraging people to let your neighbors know your neighbors know what's going on because what's happening is they're not they're not taking care of brown kids black kids any kid that's in District 4 is not being serviced and provided the way they should. Okay, Miss White, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Uh, you you piqued my interest with what you said. So, in District 4, we haven't had any uh, renovated or new schools like Spruce or Samuel or all those schools that are going untouched? That is correct, sir. Oh, that's so sad when, because, right. 
the 2015 bond, when I when I looked at when I really looked at it, and my eyes were open, I was so livid. I knew it was I knew it was going on, but I didn't have the evidence to prove the facts that I do now. I heard Trustee Foreman um, and Bernadette Nuttall. They were talking about how Jaime Resendez didn't put any money in our district and how we were slated for a new school in the 2015 bond, and, and he took it out. So uh, this stuff is being systematically right. done to our to our area. Right. And I think you're right. Let me ask you one more question. I don't know if you have the information. How many new charter schools are going up in your area? <laughs> <laughs> I bet I'm it's sorry a plenty. To laugh. <laughs> right. Fox Springs has one going up right now. And that needs to be a DISD school versus the charter. Right. Uh, as you know, um, as you know, we have... Uh, right now, as far as the one slated, obviously there's another one slated to come up in our area. But, I, I mean, there's so many out here on this end that I can't tell you for, for sure. There are six, at least six of them. Do your school board trustee uh, fight against these schools out there, these charter schools? No, sir. All right, that's the no, problem, sir. right. So. Uh, neither one of them have. I mean, even going all the way back to George Williams and Nancy Bingham, they they haven't done what was needed for our students. Right. They're not fighting for it because they're working for people who have contracts with the district. Right. So. And if you have contracts with the district, that's a, to me, that's the automatic right. conflict of interest. It is. Okay, well, give your, uh, give your information one time. Let people know who you are, what you stand for, and where you are on the ballot. And I got other callers. Okay, go ahead. Okay, my name is my name is Camille White. I am a candidate for DISD School Board Trustee District 4. I am number one on the ballot. I need Pleasant Grove citizens to get out and come to the polls. And I stand for our teachers, uh, us getting our fair share of that $3.2 billion bond. Um, it still is not too late because I, I do recall in 2015 that they were advocating for other things to be done even after that that bond was uh, said and done with so they so they were told so i just encourage everyone to get out and support um me in this race and let your neighbors know what's going on and visit www.dallas.org backslash domain backslash two six eight two four so you can go for yourself and see what's going on with our bond money and thank you so very much for your time. Thank you for calling, uh, and we appreciate who we have next. Uh, uh, we have Rusty on uh, line three. Rusty. Yes. Rusty, it's your time to shine. <laughs> Good morning, Rusty. Hello. You're on the air. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Uh, Rusty, listen at your listen at your telephone and not the radio because the radio got a delay on it. Yeah, I have my radio. Okay. Alright, so I have a simple point and it's hard to follow up Camille on that but we look at our property taxes rising and it's so easy to think that we need to protest it. But this is a very simple decision that can be made on the front end of voting. We can vote these property taxes down a lot easier than we can protest them away. Right. And I just wanted to make the point that 
voters have the responsibility to know exactly what they're voting for before they cast that ballot. And Camille made a great point about being a good candidate that knows exactly what she stands for. And I just want fellow voters to, before they cast that ballot, know exactly what they're voting for. And when they're looking at that blank ballot, it's okay to leave a blank space if you don't know exactly what's in it. Your local authorities will not necessarily make these decisions in your benefit. So you have to get that in writing exactly what you want from these bond proposals. All right. Good point. Thank you for that. And I, I want to make sure, I, I thank Ms. Camille for reiterating that it's District 4 school board race and not a District 4 city council race. Ain't nobody trying to I get want to make school. sure I got that. We, we, just got got we still exhausted for trying to help you last <laughs> So who do we have? Oh, you're on the phone. Uh, wait a minute. Who do we have next? All right. We have Eddie on uh, line one. Eddie. Yeah. Good morning, Eddie. I want to ask you a question about Hannah Hosa. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I can answer it, but go ahead and ask it. I'd like to know what happened to the $87 million about the election ballot. I'd like to know that, too. So that's the that's the, 80, the $84 million question that everybody want to know. Uh, well, uh, he's going to run for mayor. If he took the $87 million from the school, but what do you think he's going to take from that? I don't know what he's going to take. I'd like to get a part of it. But we had $84 million. We can build a brand new school. So that is the question that uh, everybody been asking. And uh, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a shame we haven't got an answer. And I'm not going to try to answer. Miss Foreman, you want to? So I, I, I'm, I'm not going to try to answer either. But, but what I, what I want to be clear on is that um, Dr. Hinojosa was here uh what we call Inahosa uh, uh, 1.0 uh, and left and went to Georgia. And then um, I got on the school board uh, during the time that Mike Miles was here. Uh, I didn't believe that um, we needed Dr. Inahosa back. I wanted a change. Uh, so this is one trustee that did not vote to, to bring him back. Uh, but but during that process, we have had a decent working relationship. Uh, I just uh, don't have the answers to what happened to the finances. Uh, but what I do know is is that um, we have to continue to understand that um, our children, no matter what their race is, needs a quality education and needs quality leadership. Right. And right now, what we're we're struggling with is is that I just had a conversation with the internal audit department, and we are at about a one to one uh, uh, relationship with teachers and administrators. So that that tells me something is going wrong there because we need people in our classrooms uh, and on our campuses as opposed to administrative people. And so now I'm beginning to ask for an audit to look at all of these individuals that are coming in uh, into the administrative offices 
and not on our campuses to ensure that our children uh, have a quality education. As you probably have heard during COVID, we had learning loss uh, mm -hmm. and we didn't do as well on the STAR test. Uh, they're STAR testing now. So um, my, my goal is to try to stay focused on, on educating our kids. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Councilman, uh, but eight or seven million dollars a lot of money after you got it. I think you need to keep asking your questions. You keep asking. Don't let it go away because yeah. we do want to answer. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's Trustee Foreman and Councilwoman Arnold. Uh, and, oh, okay, and, okay. Right. And just quickly, I'm not going to speak to that money, but I did want to know if you get to the city level, whoever, it, so folks will understand, we have we have a city manager form of government. We don't have a strong mayor. Right. So I did want to make sure. So the city manager runs the city and manages the budget. His name is T.C. Broadnax. Thank right. you. Yeah, we need a strong mayor. Anyway, thank you for your answer. All right. Do we have anyone else? Yes. Uh, so we... We have a, a great on uh, line two. Who? Great. Great, yes. Uh-oh. Uh, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Greg. Oh. Good morning. Oh, you are great. He did say great. You are great. Uh, go ahead, Greg. Excellent show. Uh, discussion about taxes and property possession and the like. Every time that property changes hands or the... Um, these change hands, those exemptions or those qualifications go away and you start from scratch. People need to know that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's excellent information. And that the, there is, I mean, as it has been discussed on the show, there is no such thing as not paying taxes. They can be capped or they can be held at a certain point, but all those have qualifications and requirements. So, excellent show. Um, people need to get out and vote. And it right. let their voice to be heard. All right, right. Thank, thank you, Greg, and thank you for being a part of it. Uh, do I have any more callers? I got about three more minutes. I'm trying to let uh, these ladies have the, fa the final words. And uh, uh, okay, James, we call us back in uh, one minute. Oh, well, James. James, yeah. If James calls back in one minute, we might be talking to Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, ladies, go ahead. Let's wrap this up. Uh, Go ahead, uh, Miss Arnold, you first. I was laughing. I was going to say something about Bonnie and Clyde, but I don't think that's it. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about this before. Not right. after no. they tore down the service back? station. Right. right. Is he back? Yeah, he's back. Okay. Okay. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, I have a question I would have liked to have asked of the uh, state representative that called about the proposition. Huh. But uh, I'm going to ask you all. Uh, who's responsible for putting together the wording of the proposition? That proposition one is 77 words long and mm -hmm. one sentence. It's, uh, and it's very, very, like the lady said, uh, like the uh, representative said, it's very confusing. Right. Who is responsible for putting stuff like that together? Well, I don't, uh, I don't know, but uh, just by her saying it's confusing, she's letting you know that uh, it wasn't her because, you know, these uh, lawmakers down there in Austin do things that are to try to confuse you, right. to try to, to, right. to cross you up. Right. But uh, well, that was a great question, and uh, I'm running out of time. And I'm uh, thank you for your call. You can call back next week. I'm gonna let uh, Miss Foreman and Miss Arnold have uh, some final words. So I'll go first because Miss Arnold is the yeah. the one who has a lot to say. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> dealing with the dealing with the city. 
Uh, first and foremost, it's just always a pleasure to be here and to be able to uh, listen to the callers and try to fill the questions from the callers. It is uh, my my concern that uh, we continue to make sure that we inform the public right. and that the public comes out and support us in some of these issues right. because it's really important for you to know we can't do this by ourselves. We need you right. there. And right. so uh, thank you, Reverend Barnett, for this opportunity. Right. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Ike Steen, for being such a great host. You are just uh, uh, wonderful, and, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And just quickly, the last caller, call your representative and make sure you voice your concern about the ver verbose uh, language that, that we have to address at the ballot and, and begin to, if, as, as, if, as we weigh in on that, then they can take that to their jurisdiction that pre prepares that document. But once again, stay woke. Follow us at DallasCityHall.com, call 311 or 911, depending on your issues. But remember, 311, you need a service request number, and 911, give full details so police will be able to be, to be responsive. Thank you once again for allowing me, being here, allowing me to be here today, Mr. Stanton. All right. Thank y'all. And uh, 972-647-1893. Thank y'all. And there's no me without you. Have a blessed day.